Hello, and welcome to the Music Readings Podcast, a podcast covering a variety of writings on music through history. This podcast is for students, scholars, or anyone interested in learning more about the history of music. I'm your host, Robert Cray, a graduate student currently at Florida State University studying historical musicology. This episode will be introducing a primary resource for the channel and why it was started. In 1950, Oliver Strunk came out with the book Source Readings in Music History, subtitling it From Classical Antiquity Through the Romantic Era. The book contains selected excerpts of writings on different perspectives of music, ranging from books, treatises, to letters and polemics. Why this book holds such importance in musicology is the fact that these source readings are translated into English for a broader range of scholars to have access to and understand clearly. In 1998, a team of editors expanded upon and revised Strunk's original book into a seven-part edition from ancient Greece to the 20th century. This revised edition is a principal resource for this podcast and will be covered over the life of the channel. The revised edition of Strunk's book covers seven parts of music history, Greek views on music, the early Christian period and the Latin Middle Ages, the Renaissance, the Baroque era, the late 18th century, the 19th century, and the 20th century. In each of these seven parts, there are subcategories which aim in covering different aspects of the given era in a logical fashion. These subcategories not only allow for better organization, but most importantly, they provide a view into what the writers during their time thought as significant in music. For example, the fifth part, the late 18th century, has the subcategories the practice of composition, measure and phrase, the practice of composition, movement, and work, performance practices, expressionism, and sensibility, and diarists and historians. Just looking at these categories tells us the focus of the late 18th century in terms of how composers looked at their music, how performers played their music, expression in music, and how various people viewed the music of their time. By then covering each reading within the subcategories, we can use these as a resource for an insight into how music was perceived in contemporaneous eyes and therefore have a better grasp of the music that was written during the time. What this podcast aims to do is to expand upon the ideas of Oliver Strunk by having a medium in which more people can access source readings in music. In each episode, I will cover the main points of the reading, including the author, its source, and various aspects of how and why the reading is a part of music history. Using the philosophy of most historians, I will try to be objective with the information as I can. Because history is one of the hardest topics to write about or teach, this problem is challenging because historians do not want to overly generalize. The further issue is that they do generalize with an asterisk next to it. One phrase which covers this well is one I learned early in my introductory class to graduate studies. Heterodoxy breeds orthodoxy. What this simply means is that humans tend to make order out of chaos, that is, heterodoxy, and compiles this into something familiar and easier to digest, orthodoxy. The problem with this is that orthodoxy leaves out many aspects that may be just as, or more important, than many of the scholarship before it. An example of heterodoxical information going by the wayside is the music and life of Hildegard von Bingen. She was not a part of the music history classroom until the late 20th century. There are countless problems with this conundrum when a historian tries to cover the entire scope of music history. In the first chapter of Sir Jack Westrup's book An Introduction to Musical History, though outdated in many ways, expresses 
these problems by stating what history is not. He states that it is not a chronicle, a record of composers, a mere account of musical activities in compositions, or a series of movements, examples being the rise of opera, romanticism, or impressionism. Though there are specific contexts that are suited well for these mediums, especially for the classroom, a scope of musical history has too many elements to generalize, and it is the job of musicologists to balance the field both as a science and as an art. Westrup goes on by stating that the historian tries to treat events in an orderly sequence, to see patterns without imposing them, to study causes, results, and the interactions of events, and finally to make all this interesting and stimulating to the reader. It is in searching for why events and compositions happened. In this case, the podcast aims in taking some of the most salient writings in the history of music and making it available to a broad audience of listeners. By covering source readings from the near and distant past, we can hope to have a better understanding of music in the future. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Music Readings Podcast. If there are any questions or suggestions for future topics, you can contact me at musicreadingspodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is produced, written, and edited by me, Robert Cray, and is free for use in any educational setting. If you would like to help the podcast, please share and give any commentary on how it may be improved. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Readings Podcast.